You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome to this week's edition of America's Voice for Energy. Each week on this show, we have the opportunity to talk about some current news-based topic that has to do with energy. Well, of course, in this day and age, what's the biggest news out there? Well, it's the election. Who are we going to elect for our next president? And WikiLeaks keeps getting involved, getting in the way. This week, there was a big dump of emails from WikiLeaks that showed how Hillary Clinton's public and private positions are very different from one another. We don't know which way she would actually govern should she be elected, but what we do know is she has very different positions that she mentions in private from what she says on the stump. And one of those that got very little attention in the media was her position about hydraulic fracturing. And so I chose to address that for this week's story. My story uh, for this week, my column for this week is titled, WikiLeaks, Hillary's Conflicted Comments on Fracking. Now, if you've been paying attention to the campaign, you know that out in public she's been very much against fracking. Uh, Perhaps Bernie Sanders pushed her that direction, but on March 6th, in a CNN debate where she was debating Bernie Sanders in Flint, Michigan, she proudly stated, by the time we get through all of my conditions, I do not think there will be many places in America where fracking will continue to take place. She's pledged to stop fossil fuels. She's declared that banning fossil fuel extraction on public lands is a done deal. But yet, as the WikiLeaks email dump revealed, she has praised fracking in private, particularly at Deutsche Bank on April 24th in 2013. She said that fracking was a tool to make even more countries energy self-sufficient. She told the audience, I've promoted fracking in other places around the world. And she bragged about the advantages that are going to come to us especially in manufacturing, because we're now going to produce more oil and gas. Well, those, those positions are, are really totally opposite from one another. But one of the other things, and this is where we're going to focus on this next couple segments of the show, is she brought out that Russia uh, has been funding green groups. And I spent quite a bit of time in my column with the that topic, as I've addressed it previously back in 2015, I wrote a column talking about that uh, in March. But for today's show, I have reached out to who I call the guru of green group funding, my friend, my mentor, Ron Arnold, who is the author of the book, and several books actually, but the one I'm going to mention that is particularly pertinent here, is Undue Influence. Ron Arnold is also the Executive Vice President for the Center for the Defense of Free Enterprise. Ron, it's been a long time since you've been with us on America's Voice for Energy, but thanks for joining us today. Well, it's my pleasure. Glad to be back. Thanks. Well, when I I searched for guests for the show for this topic, you were, of course, 
my first thought because whenever I think about funding of green groups, I think of you because you know more about this topic than anyone out there. How did you get involved in tracking green group funding? Well, it actually um, was part of the job of uh, running the uh, Center for the Defense of Free Enterprise, and free enterprise includes energy, of course. Yeah. And when you uh, see some of the people that you're trying to defend uh, against uh, attacks, mostly from the green area and some uh, oil and gas type competitors, you have to find out, oh, well, why are they doing that? Well, who's paying them to do it? Uh, and so forth. It's just like uh, anything. You you follow the money, you know, the old uh, deep throat. <laughs> and that you do so well. Well, the, uh, the, the results were really stunning uh, at first. Uh, I found that um, it wasn't just uh, members of the Sierra Club or somebody that was sending the money. It was... Uh, it was big private foundations, uh, the, you know, with famous names on them, the Ford Foundation and the Rockefeller Foundations. And then I discovered that if you take one of those big names, they've got half a dozen other foundations that different pieces of the family have. And they've got foundations that have their favorite way of uh, killing free enterprise, if you want to put it that way. And it just became a zoo. Uh, and so I started tracking them and writing it down. And sooner or later, I had to really formalize it and discovered there are databases that tell you what all of the private foundations are giving their money to. Uh, now, they cost a great deal of money to get into these things, so uh, we had to go fundraising ourselves uh, at the center for Defense of Free Enterprise and uh, get access to these databases and, and then begin to uh, write down everything that they did. We just dumped it uh, from their computer to our computer and began to analyze, well, who are these people giving money to? And it was astounding. Almost all of them were very well-known green groups. And we began to think, oh, my gosh, uh, these uh, innocent little Nature Conservancy and Natural Resources Defense Council aren't just being nice guys. They're taking tons of money that comes with instructions. Now, that was a part that surprised me, probably re will surprise all of the, the listeners, and that is right, right. When, a, when a foundation gives money, it doesn't just have give you money. It has an agenda. It says, you will do with this money such and so, whatever their agenda happens to be that month. And among those things is uh, you're going to, uh, more recently, you're going to attack fracking. Uh, or you're going to do this and that and the other. Well, fracking happens to be the big thing in the news right now. So let's talk about that. Yes. And, and so, but this, this, is, this is not then just a, a group of people in a community who meet in a church basement one day when they hear that, let's say, an oil company is maybe going to drill a well outside of town. And so some people say, oh, I don't know that I like this. And this is not, that's not how it works. Not at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, the first thing that happens is as soon as that news hits the the newspapers or the wires, uh, you're going to find some activist group that says, oh, boy, here's a way that we can do what our uh, foundation funders want us to do. So they go talk to these people and say, hey, what kind of lies can we tell that make this sound bad? I mean, that's, a, that's not exactly what they say, but it's pretty Right, close. right. They probably don't use that word, lies. No. Uh, of course, their, their lies are all truth, you know. 
of course, anyway, the, of course the, that's, the, the first thing that you, you find is that um, a narrative will come out, and that, that is a sort of a script. Oh, well, if you frack, um, the first thing is your water will have sludge in it, and then it will catch on fire, and then it will cause a nuclear explosion, and the next thing, the planet will blow up. I mean, it gets just ridiculously scary. Uh, and, and exaggeration is, is an art with these people. They make it sound so uh, heartbreaking. Oh, these poor people in Beaver Belch, Montana, just lost everything because of fracking 30 miles away um, that actually wasn't even being drilled yet. So they will make up a whole bunch of stories that the, the media just, uh, if it comes from an environmental group, like Environmental Defense Fund or uh, even the Sierra Club, who's uh, they're actually a lot more climate change uh, energy than you would think uh, they are uh, within the last five years. They yeah. sound good. Like pe- a lot of people just love those outfits, and they hear in the media, uh, oh, here comes something. Here's a news report from all of these good guys, and they just print it. They don't even fact check it. Well, of course, you know, my column this week deals with the WikiLeaks uh, email dumps, particularly pertaining to Hillary Clinton and fracking. But this same batch of emails, or the same time frame batch of emails, maybe not the same day, because they're coming out constantly, but uh, within the same time frame, some of the recent emails have shown us how, uh, how in cahoots, the, the media is with uh, Hillary Clinton and her agenda, and these green groups are really in cahoots with Hillary Clinton, or she's in cahoots with them. I mean, who knows who's in cahoots with who, but they all seem to be on the same page. So just it, it stands to reason that as the media is working favorably with Hillary Clinton and her campaign, that they would be doing the same thing with these green groups. Well, they certainly are, and it's something that we found out, uh, I'd say probably two or three years ago, and began to study this phenomenon that everybody knows everybody else, and it's called networking. And you think of that, well, you know, this is the the glee club, and it's all of the people who (laughs) sing in it. Well, it's not. Uh, There's a whole thing. uh, One of the first things that I found that was of real use is a book by uh, Rand Corporation, which is, of course, a a government product. And it was called Networks and Net War. Now, get that. Isn't that an interesting word, Net War? Well, we discovered that um, it wasn't just terrorists or so on that have these kind of structures, which they do, but it was also... Um, ordinary uh, green groups, uh, any kind of uh, group that has its own agenda politically, and they will um, use all of the social media that, that are available now. You've got, you know, everything from Google, Google to uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, and Instagram right. and so on. Uh, so uh, you now have a huge uh, uh, just a, a bunch of groups that you can use for net war, and you just pretty much say anything you want because who edits the social media? Nobody. You can say whatever you want, and somebody else has to. If you've told lies about somebody, they now have to respond to you, and you just wasted a bunch of their time. So it's become an art. How can we beat up somebody and waste a lot of their time trying to uh, squelch our lies 
And that's essentially what we found was going on in the situation you're talking about, and that was uh, with uh, political candidates uh, for president right now. But that's been going on for several years on various levels, and politics has been one of them uh, for every, from every level except the courts. They haven't <laughs> been attacked on that because they wouldn't take they would very, take a very dim view of people trying to corrupt the courts. Uh, uh, the administrations, however, uh, have a lot of very uh, ambitious uh, uh, cabinet officers and lower uh, uh, people in, in the official hierarchy of, uh, the, let's say, the Environmental Protection Agency that looking for a promotion or a raise or whatever, <clears throat> and they're likely to say anything or do anything uh regardless of what the courts say, in fact, um, or, or even what the law says. And, and so they fight. And, and they're, often, they're often the same people that are oh, in yes. the green groups, that they go back and forth between the green groups and the Environmental Protection Agency. We're down to about 30 seconds left before we need to take a break. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to talk more specifically about how this whole process that Ron has outlined for us comes into effect when we talk about Russia funding these green groups because it's certainly a part of, uh, Ron, what you've addressed as this net war idea, a coordinated effort to get uh, a singular message out there into the public. Do I have that correct? Oh, we're going to have fun with that, Maria. You bet. All right, great. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned with us on America's Voice for Energy. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to America's Voice for Energy. Today we're talking about the WikiLeaks document dump, specifically about Hillary Clinton and fracking. And one of the things that came out in that is that Russia is funding American environmental groups to to be anti-fracking. And when I first heard about this, I mean, this rumor has been around for at least five or six years that I'm aware of. Ron, you can correct me if you know that it goes further back than that. But the WikiLeaks has kind of brought it into the forefront, and many people believe uh, that, 
Hillary Clinton's mentioning of saying that Russia is funding green groups, that this is really confirmation because, after all, she knows what's going on in the State Department. She understands foreign relations. And here's exactly what she said, in, according to the WikiLeaks document dump, in June 2014 at a speech in Edmonton, Canada. She said, we were up against Russia pushing oligarchs and others to buy media. We were even up against phony environmental groups. And I'm a big environmentalist, but these were funded by the Russians to stand against any effort. Oh, that pipeline, that fracking, whatever will be a problem for you. And a lot of the money supporting that message was coming from Russia. Is that true, Ron? Well, it absolutely is, um, and I can say that certainly because I can tell you exactly where it came from and exactly where it went, <clears throat> and that took some Please doing. Do. Well, the uh, the key to it uh, is trying to understand what does it mean Russia is giving money to uh, American green groups. Well, it's not just somebody comes in on an airplane uh, from Russia and uh, With a bag of money. Up, you know, and says, hey, here, take this and then beat up uh, people about fracking. Well, that's not how it works at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, it goes through this very sophisticated network of foundations. Now, it just so happens that there is one particular foundation in the United States called the Sea Change Foundation, probably not very well known by the public. But it's uh, uh, fairly big. It's got uh, uh, grants every year of about $45 million to $55 million annually to some of the most far-left groups that are working on uh, the issue of climate change. And, of course, so this Sea Change Foundation, let me just mention for our listeners, is S-E-A, like ocean, Sea Change Foundation, and I would want to make sure I get this in before we run out of time for our listeners. I'd encourage you to just do a search using Sea Change Foundation and leftexposed.org, and there you will find uh, the complete profile that our guest, Ron Arnold, has put together on the Sea Change Foundation because we're not going to have time today to cover all of this, but I want to make sure our listeners know where, uh, where they can find this information. Right. Well, uh, I, I appreciate you doing that, Marita, because it, uh, it it is very complicated, and we're not going to be able to talk about it all. The easiest way to do this is the uh, person who runs and owns and put together this Sea uh, Change Foundation uh, is a man named Nathaniel Simons. Uh, Nat is how every, uh, everybody calls him that. He's a, a multimillionaire that we don't know exactly how much he has, but his father is James Henry Simons, and together uh, they're now, uh, or they have for many years been running, the Renaissance Technologies Corporation, a huge uh, hedge fund management company with billions, uh, like $43.8 billion in 2015, in assets under management. A lot of that is... Uh, perfectly normal, and there's nothing weird about it, uh, and certainly has nothing to do with Russia, but they've got a couple of other things, offshore funds, the Meritage Holdings and another one, that are out of Bermuda. Uh, so it's uh, exempt from U.S. laws, and the uh, thing about it is we found out who exactly 
and uh, Bermuda was doing all of this that actually was hooking them together with Russia. It's an outfit called Wakefield Quinn. It's a very famous law firm in Hamilton, Bermuda. And, uh, you know, a lot of people know about it. But the uh, thing that they didn't know about it is that they have people uh, that, that are connected to them, particularly two uh, Russian criminals who have been convicted of money laundering, and they are uh, people in the in the circles of uh, Putin himself. And uh, they're, they're not doing this at Putin's uh, exchange uh, or, or his instructions or anything. He's not getting anything for it. They're not getting anything for it from him. All they're doing is... Uh, uh, committing crimes law money laundering and they got uh prosecuted and convicted in russia for doing that because they think that's a crime too well those two people before they got caught were working with uh, uh wakefield quinn uh, which is connected with the people who run the sea change foundation uh that's not all there are three other outfits, and these are actually individuals, and they are people who have uh, Russian energy investments, and they were funneling money into Wakefield Quinn, and they also obviously very have, they have uh, a net war network of their own that is uh, obviously talking to a number of people in Russia. We don't know who, and they're very good about holding that up and uh, not making it so uh, visible. But they, this Wakefield Quinn in Bermuda probably made a mistake by putting an outfit called Klein Limited uh, together and uh, funneling $23 million into Sea Change, which went to the Sierra Club, the NRDC, the League of Conservation Voters. It was very visible, and that's uh, really unusual. If you're dealing with Russia, they usually hide their tracks pretty good. It's clear this was not a governmental thing that was that Putin said, "Hey, do this." This was a bunch of crooks who were uh, trying to make a lot of money on their own, and were, had friends who said, "Look, you can make a lot more if you do this and this and this and this, and send it to these guys in Bermuda, and they know what to do with it." So, <clears throat> as far as being able to to name the names, we can't do that, but we can tell you exactly where. The Sea Change Foundation grants came from and where they went. And you'll find that on that uh, uh, leftexposed.org profile of Sea Change Foundation. Just go look. And it tells you who, who was it like the Energy Foundation, which is an interesting thing all of itself, got. Um, it, it's a baffling amount of money for those of us who don't kind of operate in these circles. The oh, amount of money that, that goes from, uh, from these groups. Uh, and this is all, this Sea Change Foundation, how much of their funding would you say comes from, from these Russian um, actors? We can prove $23 million during one particular year and probably about the same amount the next year, which is an uncertainty, but it uh, it looks very – it's not firm, but it uh, uh, it's very uh, suspicious. Uh, so we know at least that much went into it, but we also see money going out from the Sea Change Foundation for anti-fracking kind of things to the Energy Foundation of $64.8 million dollars. Uh, in 19, I mean, in uh, 2015, 
to the Sierra Club Foundation, $18 million, Natural Resources Defense Council, 15.6, and on down a list of... Uh, so these foundations in general, they don't actually do the work. They no, somehow they acqu they acquire the money and they give it out with a job description of sorts. That's about the size of it. Uh, this, uh, and uh, it comes as a very innocuous-sounding uh, purpose statement that they have to give to the IRS in their annual reports, both the Education on whatever. Right, and it's exactly that, uh, those kind of words. And it sounds very nice and sweet, and it's just a bunch of school teachers out saying nice things. Well, it's not. Uh, <clears throat> it's actually a bunch of activists that are going out and telling the most outrageous lies about you, you uh, can, if you can think of it, they'll find a way to make it sound bad, because that's what they do. That's how they gain their money by alarming people and getting well, a lot of people mad. We're we're down to about four minutes left, and I just want to ask. Uh, so, what's the connection between Russia and anti-fracking? Well, Why? you have to understand this. Um, the uh, Russia happens to hold one of the largest uh, pools of oil and gas in the whole world. Um, it uh, is really it's in the West Siberian Basin, largest petroleum basin in the world, 2.2 million square kilometers. Uh, it's between the Ural Mountains and the Yensai River, and it extends from Kazakhstan in the south to parts of the Kara Sea in the north. Now, that's that's most of the continent that Russia occupies. Uh, that's enormous. Uh, it's a super giant oil field, they call it. Uh, now, that is owned by the government, but it's run by uh, two companies, Rosneft uh, and Gazprom. They're two Russian companies. But guess who has a joint venture with them? Shell Oil and ExxonMobil. So they have U.S. technology. Uh, over there working on the ground because they know how to do it. And Rosneft and Gazprom are, well, they know how to do it, but they make a mess of it sometimes. Uh-huh. And uh, ExxonMobil and Shell don't. Well, it, to them, to to those companies, it's just another job. You know, they do this all over the world. If somebody needs a good uh, drilling outfit and an and, uh, easy way to get things into a, a good uh, uh, a refinery or anything that's needed, they can do that, and they don't even get they don't worry worry about the politics because they're not at all at all involved. Just, they're just you know they're hired help. But Rosneft and Gazprom, that's different. Those are national, uh, and they're uh, uh, very uh, very busy getting uh, oil and gas. A natural gas, and guess how they're getting some of that natural gas? With fracking, which they don't know how to do, and ExxonMobil and Shell do. So what they're doing is they're finding that if we get all of this uh, natural gas from fracking and oil uh, extra that comes out of the ground, it makes us energy independent in the United States. Well, now, uh, that has uh, a competitive uh, impact down a chain of uh, events to the Russian uh, sales, uh, you know, their, their bottom line of how uh -huh. much uh, sales is going down. And, of course, what are they going to do? They'll try to do something to the competition to, make, uh, to even things up a little bit as far as they're concerned, <laughs> and that is get people to stop fracking here. Well, it's a very simple equation. If, uh, the more we frack, uh, the less they're going to be able to sell in Russia. 
Well, what a dark story. I mean, it's for, for the per- for people, I mean, Ron, you and I have talked about these things before, so you know, I mean, I'm fairly fairly aware of them, but I think for the average person, this sounds an awful lot like, uh, what, a Boris Badenoff cartoon or something. Well, it kind of does, but if you can come up with the absolute names in Russia, like Somotlor, with 28 billion barrels of oil that were originally in place, in Uruguay, with more than 350 trillion cubic feet of original national gas reserves, that shows that you know a little bit about what's going on there, and I do. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. We're out, of, we're out of time. Again, I want to remind our listeners to check out leftexposed.org and then do a search for the Sea Change Foundation. It will give you a lot of that. Also, another one that you want to search is the Energy Foundation. And Ron has it really all outlined there for you so you can see. And you can see this is, this is real serious stuff. Ron Arnold, thanks for joining us once again today on America's Voice for Energy. Uh, my pleasure, Marita, anytime. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare. But for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call. And I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to America's Voice for Energy. I'm Marita Noon, Executive Director of the Citizens Alliance for Responsible Energy and the companion advocacy organization, Energy Makes America Great. In this show, we've been talking about the WikiLeaks emails uh, and Hillary's fondness for fracking in private but hostility toward it in public, and especially in those emails that came out her comments about Russia backing the anti-fracking movement. So in this segment, I'm honored to have back with us once again Will Coggin, who is the Director of Research for the Environmental Policy Alliance. And he's put together a special report called From Russia 
with love examining links between U.S. environmental funders and the Kremlin. Will, thanks for joining us today on America's Voice for Energy. It's good to be back. Now, tell me, when did this report come out? When was it released? So we first released it about two years ago, and then we released it uh, at the end of last year with a new forward kind of updating uh, the report a little bit based on some more current events that had happened since the initial release. Now, I first became aware of this, I believe, back um, in early 2016, 2015, excuse me, and um, what prompted you to put this report together? Well, how did you get into this topic in the first place? Sure. So, you know, just sort of a broad overview of what we do. We're kind of a watchdog uh, for a lot of these environmental groups, the, the big green movement, uh, whether it's Sierra Club or NRDC or Food and Water Watch, and trying to expose some of the nonsense that, they, that they're promoting out there, you know, trying to ban fracking and so forth. Yeah, and let me just mention for our listeners that they can find this report on your website if they just do a simple search for big green radicals or go to biggreenradicals.com and there's your report right there on the on the front page of big green radicals absolutely um, and so you know we were aware um, as you know ron arnold talked about uh with you, you know, that you know this, this group sea change foundation based out in san francisco had gotten about 23 million dollars from this offshore entity based in bermuda uh, but there wasn't any reporting or really investigation that we knew of uh, of what this entity in Bermuda was and who was associated with it. And so that's really where, where we started our investigation. And so um, sort of working backwards from there, you know, you had this entity that existed apparently only on paper, uh, supposedly it's a charitable foundation, but the only activity it had ever done uh, that we could publicly find uh, was give $23 million to this environmental uh, grant-making foundation in San Francisco. And so... We found out that this foundation, uh, and I guess you can use the term loosely, you know, put in quotes if you want to, uh, was based on a law firm uh, in Hamilton, Bermuda. And this law firm actually had significant ties to uh, Russian oil interests and Russian oligarchs. And so we said, so you're, you guys are the ones who, who did the original research on this? Yes. Okay, cool. And so, um, you know, so, well, let me clarify. The, the original research... For the grant itself, the 23 million bucks was done by the Washington Free Beacon, uh, and then we kind of built it out from there in, in researching this law firm in Bermuda. Um, okay. Just give credit where credit's due. Um, <laughs> so that's when our that's so that's what we started looking at. We started looking at more of this history of who worked for this law firm, and we found a lot of ties to Russian oligarchs and Russian uh, money, especially uh, Russian energy investments. And so, um, you know, based on that, we said, hey, look, uh, you know, you know, based on Russia's interests. Uh, in keeping down the competition, you know, Russia, about 50% of their budget can rely on oil and gas exports. And so uh, they are heavily reliant on uh, energy exports for cash. And so what was happening? Well, what was happening was, you know, here in the U.S. we're getting very good and, and uh, developing a lot of uh, new production locally with fracking. And so it seemed like an alliance of interest. You have the environmentalists who just oppose fracking who are, trying to ban it across the U.S. or severely restrict it and hamper it. And then you had what appeared to be a sneaky way of funneling money, uh, laundering money into the U.S. to fund these efforts. And who might it be coming from? Well, you know, you have this law firm that's, <laughs> on one hand, managing some of this money that's coming into the U.S. environmental movement, and this law firm that's ties to Russia. So it's kind of a, okay, there's a lot of smoke here, there's a lot of incentive, 
there's no uh, smoking gun, but, you know, connect the dots here. It seems pretty simple. Yeah, so what kind of response have you gotten to this report? I mean, do you think Hillary Clinton, who has said in a speech, of course her speech, you know, this is what's interesting to me, her speech, uh, the comments that she made that I quote in my column, are before your report came out. So her comments were made in June of 2014, and that's before your report came out, correct? Correct. Um, so our report came out sort of in the beginning of 2015. It was put together at the end of 14, and so obviously, you know, we had we didn't know about uh, Hillary's speech. It was, it was a private speech, um, but we did know about a few other rumblings that we'd heard of from Europe. We had uh, the NATO Secretary General saying uh, publicly um, in the New York Times that he had, um, you know, information that Russia was funding a lot of the environmental movement in Europe. And we, uh, also some Eastern Europeans uh, in Romania were saying the same kind of thing, that they were seeing protests, and they're pretty sure that these protesters were really phonies who were being funded by Russia. Um, and now, as you point out, thanks to the uh, WikiLeaks emails that have emerged over the past week, you know, there's a private speech that Hillary gave, um, as you mentioned, in, in the summer of 2014, where she said, yeah, you know, um, I'm an environmentalist, but let me tell you, um, there's a lot of these phony environmental groups running around trying to uh, attack fracking that are being funded by the Russians. And certainly yeah. the Secretary of State should be in the position to know that. Yeah, it certainly, it certainly appears that way. So, you know, what does that say about these environmental groups and their anti-fracking efforts? Well, you know, we kind of joked that it, it means they're one of two things. Either they're idiots or useful idiots. <laughs> you know, it, 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 I think in terms of their efforts, it means, one, that they may, there certainly may be a lot of money coming in from uh, foreign interests that we don't know about. Uh, frankly, I think this foundation in Bermuda, um, you know, they gave money in 2010 and then 2011 and a total of $23 million dollars and then they kind of quietly closed up shop, and we haven't seen anything since then. And frankly, I think they just realized that based on U.S. charitable disclosure laws uh, from Sea Chase Foundation, which has to report who gives it money, uh, that you know, this offshore foundation suddenly realized, oh, wait, we're exposed now publicly. And so I think, there, for all we know, there may still be millions and millions of dollars coming into the environmental movement from Russia or maybe even other countries, uh, but they've just found a new vehicle to do it, one that's not... Yeah, it's uh, coming in in a different way. Exactly. It's not public. It's much harder to track. And so, you know, frankly, I think, you know, there should be hearings. I mean, if, if um, you know, you're a lobbyist for the foreign government, you can do that, but there's certain rules you have to follow and certain disclosures you have to make. And now if, if these charities are somehow getting money from um, foreign entities, and I don't know if they know about it or not, but certainly there needs to be more investigation into what they do know um, and what they might suspect and what contacts they have abroad, and I think there needs to be an investigation to, you know, are foreign governments trying to use charities and nonprofits to influence public policy? I think we'd certainly find the answer to that to be yes. I think most certainly it is yes. Um, and I think, I think certainly people, you know, it sounds like uh, from Hillary's statement that it's almost an open secret. I mean, if she could say that publicly in a speech, even though it's a private speech, but if she gets to reveal that kind of information um, about Russia uh, funding phony environmental groups, you know, I think there are certainly people in government who know more information, um, and, you know, maybe it's just a matter of uh, having hearings and asking the right questions. It just seems 
like I, I chose to write my column on this this week, even though there were some others. I know James Dillingpole wrote on it. Uh, the the Frack Nation folks put out a statement about it, and there, there was some coverage of it. But I felt like this issue has not really gotten any mainstream media coverage. I mean, of course, they don't write much or cover much that's that's anti-Hillary, but this certainly implies a collusion uh, between Hillary and the environmental groups and the Russians and the mainstream media. Well, I'm surprised the media hasn't wanted to look into it more. Um, and, and frankly, you know, we, we went to, so we, well, let me back up here. So when we did release our report, you know, we did get certainly some media coverage. Uh, Drudge put up a link. Um, but you're correct. I mean, a lot of it was not, it was, you know, you wouldn't find it in the New York Times or the Washington Post. You'd find it in the, you know, so-called alternative media, uh, places like the Washington Free Beacon or the Daily Caller or other places like that, that that are willing to publish these kinds of stories. Um, but frankly, I think it's, I think it might just take a, you know, a brave congressman, uh, if there is such a thing, to, uh, <laughs> you know, hey, to really push the issue. Um, and just say, hey, this is really, this, you know, you could say it's a, an issue of national security. Um, you know, if, uh, you know, for example, right now you have the Chinese, uh, you have this big billionaire in China who's apparently got ties to the party who's going around trying to buy up film studios in the U.S. Uh, and trying to buy up uh, AMC theaters and other film distributors. And so, you know, certainly that's an issue of national security. And you saw, and actually recently some, uh, some congressmen wrote about that, and they said, hey, look, you know, it's not okay for, uh, or certainly questionable for, um, someone with ties to the Communist Party of China to buy up and try to influence U.S. media. And so, in the same vein, um, if, if there's trying to be major foreign influence involved in, in nonprofits that try to influence public policy, like the environmental movement, then, yeah, I think that's certainly uh, going to be something that we should be aware of and should be publicly disclosed at a minimum. Yeah, you know, this, this is, in a way, this is old news. You wrote your report almost two years ago. I wrote on it a year and a half ago. And, and you know, in a way, it's kind of old news. But these WikiLeaks have brought it back, in my opinion, uh, to the forefront. You know, Washington Times wrote a headline about the, the Russians funding phony environmental groups. You, as the... the uh, researcher, author of this report. Have you had a lot of people reaching out to you on this topic in the last week? So we, uh, a little bit. Uh, we've certainly seen, I'd say a lot of people have reported on it. Um, and it's kind of, like you said, it was kind of a rehash of, okay, well, here was all this smoke before, but now we kind of have confirmation uh, from Hillary yeah. uh, based on her statement. So I think, I, I think what makes the case stronger now is just having Hillary say that. Um, and, you know, the one if you want to say the, you know, uh, flaw with our report, I wouldn't really, maybe flaw is not the right word, but um, people said, hey, there's a lot of smoke here, and it seems like you got it, but there's no smoking gun. Uh, but now we have that. I mean, now we have Hillary saying on the record, yeah, the Russians are funding phony environmental groups. So I think if, if she says that, uh, I, you know, I don't think she's lying at all. Um, she would be in a position. Although we question so much of what she says, but I agree, this does seem like, you know, why would she say this to that kind of group? Exactly. Like, she would, she would have no reason to, to say anything, anything wrong here or anything not true. So uh, the fact she says that is confirmation that this is going on. And so I think that should be um, enough to then take it to the next level and to actually start uh, holding more public hearings and investigations on what's going on here. Of course, if she wins the presidency, those public hearings will never happen. <laughs> well... I guess it depends on who's in charge of Congress. Yeah. 
skeptic that I am. The political system here is what it is. Yeah. We're about out of time, Will. We've been talking uh, with Will Coggin, who's the Director of Research for the Environmental Policy Alliance, talking about a report that they put out uh, in early 2015 called From Russia with Love, Examining Links Between U.S. Environmental Funders and the Kremlin. You can get a copy of this report by going to biggreenradicals.com, and there you'll find the report listed right there on the front page. Will, thanks for joining us. That's an interesting topic, and uh, we'll watch to see if Congress does anything further with this. Thanks, Rita. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back with our closing segment in just a few moments. Please stay tuned. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome to the closing segment of America's Voice for Energy. This week we've been talking about Hillary's conflicted comments on fracking based on the WikiLeaks links, and particularly we focused on Russia's involvement in funding anti-fracking activities. So for our final segment, I'm delighted to have back with us today Sterling Burnett, who is a research fellow with the Heartland Institute. And uh, Sterling, thanks for joining us again today. I know that, like I do, you follow these energy issues very closely. Oh, yes, you know, weekly right on the issues, so follow it closely, and this is a topic especially uh, uh, close to me, this close to the election. Yeah, the election has a lot to do with it. Why do you think voters should care about this this issue? Well, you know, my thought is that you don't often care about what politicians say. You care about what they've actually done. And so Hillary has a long track record of both saying and doing things. Um, on the campaign, she does. Uh, on the campaign trail, she's been saying a lot about how Russia is a problem, how uh, Trump is too close to Russia. Uh, and then I look at what she's done and I say, well, you know, you, you, you talk about what Trump has said about Russia, but then let's look at what you've done about Russia. So what she did was, while she was in the State Department, she took money from Russia, 
from her foundation, and then she gave Russia access to our uranium supplies. Uh, she goes to Canada and makes speeches about uh, Russia funding anti-fracking activists in the U.S. While she's been out there at the, at the same time, by the way, she was supporting the Keystone Pipeline. She said it was safe. Her State Department issued a report, an action, issued a report saying it was safe and should go forward. Then when uh, Obama came out against it, she says, oh, I'm against it too. But when she was in Russia, she, I mean, when she was in Canada, she says, the Russians are behind are funding these anti-fracking activists. It's crazy. Fracking is good. She didn't say that to the public. Remember, in her emails that we, the WikiLeaks release, she says she has a public position and a private position. Well, her private position evidently is Russia's a problem and is funding anti-fracking activists. Her public position is silence on Russia, giving away uh, uh, uranium to Russia and not supporting fracking. In fact, now coming out saying, well, I want fracking, but I want a lot more regulations on it, and I want to end oil and gas use by 2050. So she's, she's just all over the place. Yeah, that she is. You have to look at what she's done, and what she's done has not been friendly to fossil fuels. Uh, I haven't checked her coffers. She may be taking money from fossil fuels, for all I know, uh, but she has not been supportive of them. You know, she issues a report supporting them, but then when it comes time to really push for the pipeline, she didn't. Her State Department... Yeah, she backed away. Yeah, her State Department issued a report saying it's good. It's environmentally sound. It will bring jobs. And then it didn't stand behind its own support with her as head. Uh, she says Russia is a problem, but then she gives them our uranium supply. It, 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 it's, it's, it's troubling from a national security perspective. It's troubling from an energy security perspective that... Uh, she seems to be whoever is, well, you know, I hate to say it, but all I know is her foundation got a lot of money from people with business before the State Department, and they seem to have gotten a lot for us. Yeah. That is, I mean, the whole thing is so messy and so sticky. Do you think that the average voter out there is paying any attention to this? Well, there's so much to it, there's so much to pay attention to. It's it's hard to know whether they're paying attention to this particular aspect of the campaign, but but they should because whatever you. I, I agree they should, which is why I wrote my column on this, of course, because I want to draw as much attention to it as possible. In fact, I wrote my column this week as a result of one of my readers, one of my regular readers, sent me an email of someone else who had written on the topic, uh, one, of our, one of our peers, someone we both know. I believe it was the James Dillingpole piece in Breitbart, but it might have been um, the, my, the piece in Daily Caller. But one of my readers sent me uh, a, a story on it and said, have you been following this? And I, he said, I, you know, I don't think this has gotten enough attention. So I went out there and I read basically every report I could find on it and thought, can I do something new with this? Can I do something different with this than what has already been covered? And I felt I could. So I went ahead and wrote on it. And, and as I said, I did it because I think, um, like my source mentioned to me, you know, this isn't getting enough attention and, and the voters need to be aware of this. Well, I mean, just last week, just last week, 
anti-fracking radical activists took over several uh, pipelines and shut 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 down the oil and gas flowing through them. Uh, it was a terrorist act. Several of them were arrested. This was after they'd gone to court trying to stop uh, the building of pipelines, and the court. So, are we talking over. about Dakota Access here? That's yeah. That's one of the ones that they shut down. Yeah. Okay. So the court shut them down. Told them not to. Uh, that that they had no standing to stop this pipeline from being built, and so they just took over some pipelines and shut them down. Now, like I said, they got arrested. Where is Hillary on this? You know, this, this is our good point. Good point. Did, did, did she come out and speak to it? Did she come out and say, you know what, you can't break the law and go shut down pipelines that are, that were legally built that were that were where energy is flowing and and disrupt our energy supplies? I didn't hear a word from her on it. Yeah, you, you make a good point there that, uh, she, you know, so so which side do you think on this issue, based on what you're talking about, you know, w- watching what she does, not just what she says, um, where do you, which side do you think is the real, how she'd govern if she was president, how would she govern on these issues uh, based on your observations? Well, I, I hate to say it, but I think she, you know, it, I'd like to think, if she was against oil and gas production, she'd take a principal stand against oil and gas production. Or if she was for it, she'd take a principal stand for it. But my view is, based on her actions with her foundation, is whoever's given her the most money. Yeah, good whoever, point. Whoever, whoever will give her the most money and power, uh, be that pro-energy or uh, anti-energy radical activist, whoever is going to give her the most prestige, the most support at the ballot box, and the most money is who will get her ear when she's in the White House, if she's in the White House. That, I hate to say it, but she, to me, she just seems like a politician on the take. Well, I, I think that's pretty clear that, that she is definitely a politician on the take. It's, it's amazing that these, these WikiLeaks, there's so many of them, it's really difficult, I think, for the average person to absorb what's going on. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you look at if you look at look at Bernie Sanders, for example, you know, when he when he was a serious competitor to her, you could be, you could you knew where he stood because he yes. was right. Mm-hmm. You knew where he stood with her. I just don't think we can have any confidence that we know where she really stands because it seems to be where she stands depends on the audience she's talking to and whether it's going to be publicly published or whether it's supposed to be private. You know, some people, like, on my column, one of the places that it's published, someone uh, was not happy with my column. And of course, this happens. I not everybody's going to love me. Um, but he says, one person says, uh, let me see, where is it? I'm sorry, here. Uh, wow, a politician talks out of both sides of his or her mouth. What a surprise. You know, and sadly, that's kind of where we are. But I feel like Hillary's... These revelations go far beyond that. Well, A, she's not just any politician. To be fair, she's running for the highest office in the land. True. Yep. So it is sort of important. I mean, I do I do agree. I, I often joke with my friends. Well, I, I won't say it, but uh, <laughs> it, it could come back to haunt me. So Okay. Uh, but, you know, 
your 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 critic or your writer was right that often politicians say one thing one day and say another thing the other day. But she's running for president. Uh, we've got to look at at what she says. You know, this is how I judge politicians. I, I truly don't generally judge them by what they say. I judge them by what they do because they do say so many different things. And her actions, but even her actions are contradictory. She, her State Department issues a report saying Keystone should go forward, and they didn't approve Keystone going forward. Uh, those are two separate actions. It's not words. They issued the report. She approved the report. She held a press conference talking about the report, and then they refused to let Keystone go forward. Um, she says, and she seemingly approved some, some fracking stuff, I think, while she was going on, or some public lands leases while she was going on. And now she says we've got to end oil and gas development. Um, she says she wants fracking, uh, but at the same time, we know she's on the record as supporting stricter regulations, as supporting regulations Obama recently passed that are being held up by the court uh, that would basically put fracking out of business on public lands and uh, would try and affect it on private and state lands. So, yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure we would both agree that she would uh, continue what President Obama's policies have been, but maybe even more so. And you know, he don't on them, but then you know, if all of a sudden uh, the oil and gas industry got her ear, she might completely reverse herself. I, I, you know, I think it depends on how much money's going to the Clinton Foundation. <laughs> like I said, it's hard to know. All I know is what she's done, and what she's done is is. Uh, if you support her with substantial enough uh, donations or electoral uh, push, she's on your side for exactly yeah. as long as you're supporting her. And that's an important point that people, people in, in, as they're getting ready to cast their votes, and some already have. I have friends, and probably you do too, and perhaps you, who have already voted with early voting. I have not, but I have friends who have. And, um, you know, but as people are thinking about casting their vote, I, I think these are really important issues that people need to look at, which is obviously, you know, obviously I feel that way or I wouldn't have dedicated the time and, and space to producing a column on this topic. Sure. Now, one place she has been consistent in both her words and her actions, and that's on climate change. And on climate change, she's just as radical as anybody else. Uh, she, she believes humans are causing disastrous climate change. And we've got to take serious actions. And that's certainly where the anti-fracking narrative fits in. Right. That's right. And the Because she, the, people like her believe that any fossil fuel use is evil and wrong. And she says she wants to move us at the end of her first term. Mind you, if she, becomes, if she gets elected, she, she'll have four years. In four years, she wants to move to 50% renewables. Right now, yeah. we're at less than 10% renewables, and that's with hydropower. Not yeah, good point. Wind, we're talking 3 or 4%, and solar is a small, small fraction of that. It would take a whole scale, a whole scale change for our entire energy infrastructure, something that is impossible. We can't build enough turbines and, and, and solar panels 
And well, it's interesting you mentioned turbines, Sterling. We're out of time, but it's interesting you mentioned turbines because that's what I'm going to cover next week. We're out of time on America's Voice for Energy for this week. We've been talking with Sterling Burnett, a research fellow with the Heartland Institute. And Sterling, tell people quick how they can get a hold of what you write each week. Go to www.heartland.org. Check out Climate Change Weekly and Environment Climate News. Great. Thanks so much. Please join us again next week for another edition of America's Voice for Energy. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.